Did you guys know there's a lady in the Bible named Dorcas? <laughs> For real. <laughs> Dorcas. I remember hearing about Dorcas when I was in Sunday school as a kid, but I can't remember what she did. What was Dorcas's deal? Let's find out. Let's go to the Bible. The story of Dorcas is found in Acts chapter 9, verses 36 through 43. And I'm going to be reading from the New International Version. And so here we go. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name is Dorcas. Okay, so I, I see here that the New International Version of the Bible is trying to get out in front of this Dorcas situation. So before a Sunday school teacher, you know, <laughs> reads this story to a classroom full of third and fourth graders, uh, she can step out in front of it like, uh, this is this is about Tabitha. I, not, not, there's nobody named Dorcas here. Because you know when you say Dorcas, a bunch of, you know, little kids are going to you know, start giggling. Uh, and perhaps cause cause an uproar, and then and then Sunday school Sunday school's ruined because everyone's distracted. Thanks a lot, Dorcas. Anyway, we're gonna we're gonna stick with Dorcas because uh, because that's the woman's name. Let's let's show some respect to Dorcas. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and died. What what time? And her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lida was near Joppa. So when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lida, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please come at once. Peter went with them. And when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around him, crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. Peter sent them all out of the room, then he got down on his knees, and he prayed. Turning toward the dead woman, he said, Dorcas, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. He took her by the hand and helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and presented her to them alive. This became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon. Well, that seemed like an important postscript to include. <laughs> anyway, that's the story of Dorcas. I thought she did a lot more, but I mean, she made clothing for the poor. Good on you, Dorcas. Uh, we uh, we honor you today on the podcast. Um, but honestly, that, that can't be where the word dork comes from then. Where does that word come from? I mean, maybe it has something to do with Dorcas. I don't know. Let's look that up. Let's go to dictionary.com. A great place to find out a little bit more about words. Let's see. Dork is a noun. Slang. It's a slang term for a silly, out-of-touch person who tends to look odd or behave ridiculously around others. A social misfit. It's got two definitions. It's also, oh, it's also another word for the penis. Okay, all right. Let's see here. Origin of dork. <laughs> First recorded in 1960, 1965. Origin uncertain, perhaps a variant of Dirk. Influenced by Dick. Dirk. Is that another name for the penis as well? Hey, maybe check out my Dirk. I don't know. Uh, word story for Dork. Here we go. The history of Dork is a short one. It's been around only since the early 1960s, originally as a slang term for penis. Most likely, Dork was just an alternative form of dick, a word that started out as a nickname for Richard, a name meaning fellow. Oh, that's interesting. But which by the late night or by the late 1800s had taken on the additional meaning of penis which is certainly part of a fellow. <laughs> that was brought to us by British military slang. 
Dictionary.com was covering up the word story with a car ad. <laughs> they, they don't want people, they don't want this story to get out. They don't want to get, they don't want the origin of the word dork to get out. Uh, by the late 60s, American college students had extended the meaning of dork to refer to a socially awkward person. While at first this sense of dork carried pejorative connotations, the term has since been taken back by the people it once so cruelly described, and now can even be given as a compliment. If a girl calls a guy adorkable, which is the combination of dork and adorable, she means to say he is cute in a socially awkward yet endearing way. Geeks and nerds, while still dorky, <laughs> are generally generally considered more intelligent than dorks. Oh, sorry, dorks. Next time you call someone a dork, think about its short history in the English language. No thanks. Anyway, dorks are dicks and dorkus is Tabitha now. Believe all this woke nonsense, changing dorkus to Tabitha. So disrespectful. Hey, everybody. This is Matt. This is Giant Electric Penguin, episode 35. It's great to be back in the home studio. I'm proud and excited to say the tyranny of the back porch wasp gang is over. That said, five minutes after the FBI dropped me off at home, my wife tells me I found another wasp nest <laughs> on the back porch. The balls on these wasps. How do they even get up in the air with these oversized balls? I mean, can you imagine that? Like a, a flying insect, be it a wasp, a bumblebee, or, or a fly with like a huge hairy scrotum hanging off of them. <laughs> imagine that running into your windshield. That's maybe the grossest thing I've ever said on this show. <laughs> But I guarantee it's going to get grosser, though, because on today's episode, we're talking about Saw, baby. I have been jamming through the Saw movies. Uh, since last we spoke, I've watched, let's see, Saw 2, Saw 3, Saw 4, and get this, Saw 5. That, my friends, is a lot of Saws. Ironically, there are not a lot of actual Saws in the Saw movies. Uh, there's a pretty nasty saw-based contraption saw five but we'll get there we'll get there i promise uh but before all of that saw talk uh remember stan deo uh, we talked about him in a previous episode i like to consider him a, uh, a a frenemy of the show uh remember he had that hall of shame on his website uh, where he calls out liberals for being stupid and woke uh, and remember how I said I was going to create my own Hall of Shame that would put his Hall of Shame in a third Hall of Shame? Well, I have been collecting inductees. Oh, yeah. All this time I've been reading restaurant reviews on the show and deciding which famous statues I want to have sex with. In the background, I've been collecting giant electric penguin Hall of Shame members. Who do we got in there so far? Let's see. We got, uh, oh, yeah, we got people who use minions. When they make uh, when they make memes, and that's like half the hall, honestly. Uh, I think Donald John Trump is in there. That's just a guess, but it's an educated one. Uh, and I, I actually think I'm in there. I put myself in the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame. I bet Stan Deo wouldn't put himself in his own Hall of Shame. You too scared, Deo? Anyway, it's time to induct some new members into the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame. So let's do it right now. Inductee number one, real life Yogi Bear. Have you seen the video of this black bear eating a family's lunch while they just sit there and watch? It's scary, sure. He just hops up on that picnic table and starts chowing down. And the family, they just sit there and they're just calmly taking it in. The mom is covering her young son's face so he doesn't freak out. It's, it's frightening. I don't know if I could keep my composure like these people do, but... Uh, and th this, though, is very difficult for me. Uh, the food that this bear, this brazen asshole bear, is eating. This food he's stealing, because he didn't pay for it. Uh, it's containers of tacos and enchiladas. It's the good stuff, man. Quality dishes. And this Dorcas, 
He just climbs up on the table. He's like, dum de dum de dum I'm a bear. I'm going to eat all these tacos. And nobody's going to stop me. Because I'm a bear. He basically cuckolds this family. If you think about it. Uh, let's read the article from the Daily Mail. Dot com. Video shows bear on top of a picnic table at a park in Mexico, eating as a woman shields child's face. <laughs> I think I said all that already. Do we need to read the article? We do. We do. Daily Mail. Could you have more pop-ups getting in the way? For the love of God. This is Barry. What? Let's listen to the first sentence in this story. This is the sentence that's supposed to grab you and uh, and get you excited for this article. This is very polite way to invite yourself to a family meal when you're in Mexico. No, it's not. One, it's the complete opposite of very polite. <laughs> You dumb dums. This is a very no wait. <laughs> now now I'm removing the pun, which honestly, not a bad idea. But this is the first sentence. I'm gonna give you the pun, Daily Mail. You're allowed to have the pun. I'm sorry I took the pun away. But let me correct this first sentence for you. This is a very impolite way to invite yourself to a family meal when you're in Mexico. See, see, originally. Your original sentence, if I can explain this to you, Daily Mail, which the Daily Mail is a British thing, right? Didn't we? Shouldn't they understand English better than anyone? Uh, if, if this was a polite way to invite yourself to a family meal, people would be jumping up on tables all the time, stepping all over the food, just grabbing food with their hands. Oh, I'm being polite. I'm showing you how much I appreciate you sharing a meal with me. Come on, Daily Mail. Look Look for your Hall of Shame plaque in the near future. Anyway, this is a very impolite way to invite yourself to a family meal when you're in Mexico, specifically. <laughs> Footage captured the moment a black bear nibbled through trays of enchiladas and tacos. Oh, it hurts my heart. Recently at a Chipanique Ecological Park in San Pedro... Garza Garcia Nueve Leon. That's a lot of that's a lot of words, but we're at an ecological park. That's what's important. We're in Mexico. The viral TikTok video, which has gained more than six million views since it was posted Monday night. This is last Monday. Showed how a woman kept her calm and shielded a boy. Yeah, if you haven't seen this video, these people are incredibly calm. And, and the bear's just chowing down, chowing down on these enchiladas. And the family's just sitting there. They're taking it in. And you know, kudos to them. They're in the Hall of Fame, as far as I'm concerned, uh, with dealing with a bear. I never, I never know what you're supposed to do with a bear. You know, some people say you're supposed to lay there and play dead. But I, I saw The Revenant, and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio did that. And he got his ass chewed the hell up by that bear. And then some people, you're supposed to make yourself... Seem big, like bigger than the bear. Like, I'm ten times your size, bear. And that scares the bear away. I don't know what to do. I guess you just throw enchiladas and tacos at it. From now on, whenever I go on a big on a big uh, hike in the woods, I'm going to stop by Taco Bell first. Anyway, the bear got near the boy's head and treated itself to each of the servings while it stood on top of the picnic table. Well, that is very impolite. The Daily Mail got that right. It's not just impolite, it's very impolite. <laughs> Amazingly, the family was not hurt in the incident. Well, they they didn't have tacos and enchiladas once the bear was done. I don't know if I don't know if they left this situation unscathed. Dailymail.com.uk. The four-legged creature didn't appear to have a full stomach. After nearly two minutes of chowing down on the traditional Mexican dishes. It skipped over several drinks. Sorry, I don't drink sodas anymore, the bear said. Knocking down a bottle before it walked across the table, searching for more as a petrified girl remained motionless. 
The bear subsequently stepped down from the table, walked over to an empty tray in search of more food, as one of the family members continued to film from a distance. From a distance. None of the... <laughs> None of the family was hurt in the incident. Again, I don't agree. But earned a story to tell of the rest for their lives. Who the fuck is proofreading these stories over the day? No one, no one, no one cares anymore. No one gives a shit anymore. Now, now I kind of understand why when I was in college, I sat down with my advisor, God uh, rest his soul. He died recently. And, uh, I guess we kind of, he had kind of asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And at that time I was like, well, you know what, what I'd love to do is write for a newspaper someday. And, uh, he said, nah, nah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> and at the time I saw my world crumbling before me. Like my, my dream was to live in a big city, work at a newspaper and every day for lunch, visit the same Chinese restaurant and they would get to know me. That was my dream. I was going to write for the paper. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I was going to be on the crime beat. Uh, if I was going to be down at City Hall, uh, wherever they wanted to put me, I was like, I want to write for the paper in a big city and get known by uh, the uh, by like a family who owns a Chinese restaurant. I go in there every day, and at some point, they're just, here's the regular, Matt. We love your articles in the paper. So uh, that was my dream. And then he shut it down. And uh, you know what? He had the foresight to shut it down, and I, and I thank him today. Shout out to Dr. Vaughn for... Uh, taking me off the wrong track and putting me on the right one. Uh, as right as right as it's going to be. <laughs> uh, but this bear, the son of a bitch. Uh, let's look. Let's see. This incident comes four months after a black bear crashed a party at San Pedro Garza Garcia and checked out several of the options that were available on the buffet table before settling for one of the main dishes as startled guests and caterers looked on and laughed. So these, these bears at this ecological park I mean, they are brazen. That's why. That's why I refer to them as real life yogi bears. They don't. They don't give two shits if they say. If they see. If they see food, it's like, well, this is my ecological park. All right. If you're bringing food in here, you're you've obviously brought some for me. Uh, in October 2022, another black bear interrupted Ricardo Morales's proposal to his girlfriend at the same ecological park. Wow. Wow, would Yogi do that? Now I'm thinking if you, if Yogi would be that much of a dick. I guess if there was food nearby. Uh, Morales told, the da told DailyMail.com at the time that several people around them instructed him and his uh, fiance to remain calm as the bear walked across the rose-covered floor. Oh, man. <laughs> he had it so romantic, and then this bear has to just, like, bumble through and just ruin everything. Before the bear passes, we listened to the gardeners and the people from the hotel from the restaurant. They told us not to be afraid. Okay, I guess that's what you do then. You just go about your business. Any, any children nearby, you cover their faces, and you just go about your business. Uh, we looked over, we saw a black shadow, obviously. Well, all shadows are black. <laughs> and this shadow was getting closer to us. Uh, according to a study conducted by the Autonomous University of Nuevo Leon, the state is home to at least 38 black bears. 38? That's not many black bears. This could conceivably be the same asshole black bear walking, ruining all these people's, uh, you know, relaxing afternoons, their romantic moments. Because uh, I, consider, I consider the consuming of tacos and enchiladas to be pretty romantic. Anyway, our first inductee, I guess we're going to induct all 38 black bears from this ecological park in Mexico. Uh, congratulations, black bears. You are in the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame. I hope uh, I hope this bear got diarrhea. And I hope he got horrible diarrhea and then and then he and then found out he was all out of Charmin. All right, our next one, our next inductee into the giant electric penguin, Hall of Shame. Have you heard of this guy, Jordan Peterson? Uh, if you haven't, he's a Canadian children's entertainer who I think has a weekly segment on Ben Shapiro's YouTube channel. The only, the only other thing I know about uh, Jordan Peterson is that he's feuding with, with some sort of Canadian medical board or something. Because he told someone on Twitter... Or, uh, or X to kill themselves. 
and he he's a licensed therapist. He's Doctor Jordan Peterson. So so a guy that you could go you could go visit him and you could lay down on his couch and tell your problems to. He told someone online to commit suicide. So naturally, you know, the medical community is is irritated with him. I think they wanted him to take an online sensitivity class or something. That that was it. It, it was an online class on how how to not be a jerk. How to not be a therapist who encourages people to uh, end their lives. And he's making a big deal about it. He's been making a big deal about it for like months. Look, Jordan, Dr. Peterson, we've all taken online classes at work. We've attended online seminars. You don't even have to pay attention, all right? (laughs) Usually there's a little test to pass at the end, and they're pretty easy. You can figure the answers out using context clues. That's been my experience. I don't know if you should get all bent out of shape. I mean, just turn the video on and, I don't know, play Gardenscapes on your phone or something. Anyway, uh, it it was Slimy's birthday on September 20th. Y'all know Slimy, right? Oscar the Grouch's little pal. He's a a yellow and orange worm who lives on Sesame Street and he hangs out with Oscar the Grouch, all right? He's adorable. If you don't know Slimy, look up his work on YouTube. I'm sure it's all over YouTube. He's absolutely adorable, little guy. So it was his birthday, and the Sesame Street Twitter account, or the or the X account, whatever it is, I don't know, they tweeted or they X'd out a message to Slimy that said the following. He may be small, but he holds a ginormous place in our hearts. Hashtag happy birthday, Slimy. We love you. Adorable. Slimy's a stand-up guy. He deserves some recognition on his birthday. He's put up with Oscar the Grouch's shit for so long. Uh, so they just, you know, Sesame Street's like, happy birthday, Slimy. And uh, so Jordan Peterson sees this. Dr. Jordan Peterson. He sees this innocuous birthday wish for a little worm-shaped piece of felt. And uh, he shares it on his X account uh, with the comment, go to hell. He told Slimy to go to hell. Slimy who ain't done nothing nobody. Dr. Jordan Peterson, a grown adult, an adult, told, uh, told, a, told a worm puppet to go to hell. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe he was telling Sesame Street to go to hell. As far as Dr. Jordan Peterson's concerned, all the Sesame Street can just go straight to hell. All the residents, both Muppet and flesh-based, a giant crack can open up right down the center of Sesame Street. And the whole place can sink into the fiery pits of Christian hell. What's what's this guy's problem? <laughs> is he jealous because Slimy's a more successful children's entertainer than he is? I don't know. I don't get it. Uh, but Dr. Peterson, welcome to the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame. And rather than present you with a commemorative plaque to shove up your butt, which is what we do here, if you're familiar with the show... Uh, All inductees into the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame are given a plaque, and then we encourage them to immediately shove it into their anus and just, you know, any way they can, get it as deep into into that anal cavity as they can. Uh, But instead of that, in this case, what I've done is I've printed out a high-quality picture of you, Dr. Peterson, and I've framed it in a tasteful pewter frame. And I've invited Slimy to come to the studio to uh, take a poop on it. So there you go, Slimy. That's an open invitation to you, sir, to visit the studio. I'll give you a VIP tour while you're here. We'll have lunch together. My treat. Uh, But uh, you can come here, Slimy, to visit us. Uh, Come to the Giant Electric Penguin Studios. And uh, after, you know, the tour, a nice lunch. Actually, the lunch could help. Uh, You will be invited to then poop on a picture of Jordan Peterson. And we'll post that on the web. So that's our second inductee into the Giant Electric Penguin Hall of Shame, Dr. Jordan Peterson. Oh, thank you. And finally, Zaxby's. If you don't live in the American South like I do, you might not know what Zaxby's is. It's basically a chicken restaurant. Uh, Chicken fingers, chicken wings, chicken sandwiches, crinkle cut fries, they got this stuff called Zach sauce that my daughter's obsessed with. It's like a spicy-ish ranch barbecue sauce thing. Anyway, it's a good restaurant. I like it. They're building one very close to my house as we speak, which is very dangerous for me. Uh, but 
But you know, the, you know the old saying that uh, I might be I might be saying it wrong, but like even scumbags can make great art. Like even pieces of shit can make uh, can make something uh, can make art that that we enjoy. Like what like like Kevin Spacey might be a creep, uh, but what what a beautiful singing voice! Remember that? Remember his performance in Beyond the Sea? Or or like or Bill Cosby? He might be a, a sick pervert who drugs and rapes women, but boy, he can sure. He can sure spin a yarn. I don't know. Well, this is uh, this is kind of the opposite of that. Zaxby's might be a great place for chicken fingers, but um, well, let's let's roll the tape. Zaxby's New Philly, the garlic aioli, grilled peppers and onions with melty cheese make it a Philly, but the chicken makes it Zaxby's. Try it fried or grilled. Woo, saucy, Zaxby's. Okay, first, I don't know when "woo saucy" became the new slogan of Zaxby's. That needs to stop right now. But uh, the the garlic aioli makes it a Philly. Have you ever had a Philly cheesesteak, Zaxby's? Peppers and onions, fine, but garlic aioli. You know, really, the the offensive thing isn't even this commercial I just played. In the print ads and the Instagram videos I've been bombarded with for this abomination. The ad team over at Zaxby's have the gall to say, say this, finally, a Philly done right. They've done everything wrong. This isn't a Philly. Obviously, it's not a Philly cheesesteak, but it's not even like the inferior chicken Philly where you can go somewhere and like, I want a, I want a Philly cheesesteak, but I want chicken on it. Like, it's not even that. Sorry, Zaxby's. Honestly, you are in the hall of shame for this one. All right, we'll be right back. Recently, I've been marathoning the Saw films. It is officially spooky season, but I, you know, I don't need it to be October in order to watch scary movies and eat candy. That's basically my life all year round. But uh, one day, I flipped my TV over to Amazon Prime, and I observed that pretty much every Saw movie was available to view without extra charge because I am a Prime member. Please, please hold your applause. And I thought, why not? I mentioned in a previous episode that I had the pleasure of attending an advanced screening of the original Saw years ago. My girlfriend at the time snagged a pair of passes from the student union or whatever, and we, we got there late, which was our MO. Uh, and it wasn't for me, but, you know, whatever. Years ago, I shared an office with a temp worker, and at some point, we started discussing movies, and we discovered we both were horror fans. And of course, we were talking about our favorites. I, of course, sang the praises of Child's Play 2, which is not just my favorite horror film, but the best film of all time. And uh, she said, she said, I love the Saw series. Now, I'm, I'm not sure how many Saws had been released by this point. I have a terrible memory for years, years and names, but, uh, but she loved the Saw movies and, you know, I didn't know how to feel. This was the same person who a week earlier had confided in me that it irritated her when people pronounced it gyro, uh, when it was actually pronounced gyro. And she knew this, she knew this because her dad was in the military and she had spent several years living in Greece. But of course, gyro is not how you pronounce it. It simply is not. You start with a y sound, ye, and then a high e, ye, ye, as if you're about to say the word year, ye, and then the next syllable is ro, an r sound, then the o, as in go. So round your lips for the r, drop your jaw for the o, drop the tongue too, ro, and then close it again for the w, ro, ye. Row, zero. You can also pronounce it with a z sound. Round your lips a bit. Bring the tongue up. Vibrate the sound. Z, z, as in vision. Zero, 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 zero. How could I trust your opinion on movies after this euro thing? Uh, they did fire her eventually, and I, I assume it's because of the, of the whole Euro pronunciation issue. But I have now watched nearly all of the Saw films, and I can say without a doubt that it is pronounced Euro. No, no, I can say <laughs> that while I do not love the Saw series, I don't actually hate it either. I don't think it's as deep and clever as it thinks it is, uh, but there's some enjoyable stuff in it. 
to me, honestly, it seems very much like a modern, well, you know, maybe not modern because I don't really watch live network TV anymore. So maybe there aren't shows like this anymore, but it seems like one of those edgy network crime show series. Like, like if they took law and order and they mixed it with a little CSI, um, I don't know, but it seems like a network crime procedural with only with gore and F words. <laughs> And to keep track of what's going on, like to understand everything that's happening, you kind of do have to binge the Saw movies like like I am. If I had watched them like my old co-worker, having to wait a year between installments, I doubt I would have been able to remember what the hell was going on. Uh, but yes, I'm going to establish this at the top. I do not hate the Saw movies. Uh, I don't like the first one, though, and I also don't like the second one. <laughs> If only Donald Edmund Wahlberg Jr. had played by Jigsaw's rules. Why did he have to fly off the handle like he did? He went he went full on stabler when he when he should have been in when he should have been in Benson mode with just a little dash of Tutuola. Obviously hindsight's 2020, sure, but you know, how was he to know his son was right there next to him all along? There's there's no way he could have known that. But if he'd simply played by Jigsaw's rules, maybe, just maybe he wouldn't have ended up in that gross bathroom from the first Saw movie. You know, as an outsider, before I started watching these films, I thought Jigsaw's elaborate traps were, were the draw for fans. But uh, they're just kind of dumb, and especially the ones in Saw 2. Jigsaw's whole thing, if you don't know, he's, he's it's putting you in a situation that if you survive it, you'll come out the other end with a greater appreciation uh, for your life. So he's essentially a hero in these movies, if you think about it. Or not the hero, but the... Uh, the anti-hero, like a Walter White or the Punisher. You know, he kills people. Well, he doesn't actually kill people, but he is responsible for a lot of deaths. Uh, but you learn in this one that before he was the infamous serial killer Jigsaw, he was just a guy named John who got into a car accident and survived. Uh, he, he crawls out of this flaming wreckage and from that point decides to devote himself to helping other people appreciate their lives. But like, instead of becoming like a life coach or a motivational speaker, he starts building elaborate traps to shove people into. You know, it's kind of not fair because Jigsaw, all he had to do was survive a car wreck, and that's bad. Don't get me wrong; uh, it's a, it's a pretty it's a pretty fucked up car wreck. Uh, but what you climb out of some wreckage? Maybe the wreckage is burning a little bit, uh, and I. I I think John has some like huge unidentifiable shard of metal sticking out of his belly, but uh, I mean, he gets it removed, presumably by skilled surgeons off screen because, you know, he survives. Uh, but, the, you know, like the things he's putting his victims through, though, uh, that's a little more extreme. And sometimes it involves like riddles and shit, <laughs> like little word puzzles they have to uh, decipher. Uh, you know, they pay to be run through with a guardrail and have to crawl out of an overturned Kia Sorento. Like, for example, Amanda in the first one, uh, and she shows up in this uh, second one as well, uh, but in the first one, he locks her in a room with a reverse bear trap strapped on her head. I think everybody knows that image from the first Saw, even if you're not familiar with the series. And uh, to get out of this thing, she's got to dig through uh, the intestines of this other guy who's in the room. Uh, God knows who he is. And, uh, yeah, he's alive. She goes down to, like, uh, get the key from uh, from him she finds out he's alive and she's got to uh, uh she's got three minutes to uh, cut this guy open and find the key hidden in his stomach so she can unlock this torture helmet that's fused to her head before it rips her head in half like a cantaloupe i mean just run my car off the road man <laughs> just hop in a slow plow here here we go jigsaw just just uh, get up put on your mr plow jacket run a snow plow Although I assume he owns one. He owns several factories around whatever town this takes place in. And uh, just go out there and find me, find, uh, find me driving around in my car and just run me off the road. And then I can like crawl out of my car and be like, wow, isn't it great to be alive? I'm not going to waste my life anymore. I will appreciate each day going forward. Okay, but you know, Amanda, you know, she's got this reverse bear trap on her head, which is bad. Uh, but then to get out of it, she's got to murder an innocent man and root around in his guts like she's paying it for gold. It's just its just a little too much. Uh, but these traps are these games. Jigsaw calls them games. He's always like, all right, Matt, I want to play a game. And then, and then the game is like, want a key to this door? Well, it's at the bottom of this pit full of hypodermic needles. <laughs> I mean, look, I do get it. The person he designs that specific game for... 
the pit of needles with the key at the bottom. Um, it's designed for this drug dealer. And, he, and he, I guess he wants the drug dealer to endure the pain that his drug-addled customers feel being addicted to heroin or whatever. Uh, but is it the needles, though, really? I mean, I, I assume that uh, if you're addicted to needle drugs, you kind of get used to the constant needle pricks. Uh, I, I thought, it, you know, maybe these needles should be full of heroin or whatever. Like, the guy is risking an overdose as he digs through these needles. I guess heroin, though, is too expensive for Jigsaw. He's got a budget. He owns, like I said, he owns a couple uh, warehouses around town, but still. I mean, rent on those can't be cheap. Uh, but these, these traps uh, or games, uh, they really kind of make your skin crawl like the pit of needles the drug dealer guy he ends up tossing amanda in there instead of going in himself but uh it is it is nauseating to watch but it isn't it isn't clever like it's gross but it's not like clever and uh then then there's this girl in the in in the movie she sticks her hands in this box to, there's a key no no it's this it's like the cure for this all the people are trapped in this house and they've 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 breathed in this poison that's slowly killing them. And there's the antidotes in different is, is in these different, you know, traps around the house, whatever. Uh, but she, this one girl sees, uh, the antidote in this box and, uh, she, she sticks her arms in there and then, and then she can't take them out without like slitting her wrist. It's like a gory take on like a finger trap, except it's not really because there's no secret to getting out unless it's revealed in like a deleted scene or something. So was that a game that, you know, someone could conceivably win? Because the point is, there's a chance you can survive Jigsaw's games, thus appreciating your life in a way you haven't before. But I don't know how you survive the Razor Blade box or or the other game in, in Saw uh, 2 where you have to crawl into an incinerator <laughs> and then you can't get out while it burns you alive. Uh, the, the, it's a dumb movie. But But wait, wait, hold on. There is a twist, and I should have said up top, I will be spoiling all of these movies. Uh, there's a twist. Amanda is here in this house with all these other poor slobs, uh, but Amanda is Jigsaw's acolyte. Uh, it's revealed in the final minutes of the movie. And all these poor souls, I call them slobs before and I apologize. <laughs> God rest their souls. Uh, they're all locked in this house and it's filled with poison gas. And there's like two or three jigsaw traps. They're all just supporting players in a game created for Donnie Wahlberg, his character. And it turns out that this whole thing was designed by Amanda. This is Amanda's bid to take over for Jigsaw, her tryout, I guess, uh, to take on the mantle of Jigsaw. Uh, like she'll become the Jigsaw killer when John finally dies. He has, he has cancer. Not only did he get in a horrible car wreck, he shortly after that finds out he also, he has cancer, inoperable cancer. Um, and that's from the, we learned that in the first saw. So I guess he needs someone to carry on his important work. Uh, so yeah, Amanda might not exactly understand Jigsaw's whole philosophy yet of like, you know, they should be able to survive the games. I, you would think he would supervise her this first time out, but you know, some of the things don't seem like, uh, it seems maybe like <laughs> Jigsaw was a little distracted, maybe with some other games he was planning over here. And that makes sense when you watch more of the movies. So, uh, you know, Amanda's first time out, it's sort of like she forgot the whole appreciating life part of it. Uh, for, but for those keeping score, I did not like Saw 2. It, 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 it kind of made the first Saw look like Child's Play 3. Does that make sense to anyone listening? <laughs> uh, but then I watched Saw 3, okay? Moved on to Saw 3, and you know what? I didn't hate it. Three movies in, series is starting to grow on me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just getting into the rhythm of everything. Like I said, I've been marathoning these things. So, uh, you know, I have not been pacing myself. I've been going whole hog into the series, which actually leads me to something that I think is kind of important. You know, when we talk about Saw, who do we talk about? All right, we got Jigsaw, of course, John Kramer. He's the brains behind the whole operation. We got Billy. He's the creepy puppet that explains the games. He rides around in a little tricycle. Sometimes he... Sometimes he erupts into uncontrollable laughter. Uh, in one of the movies, Saw 4, I think it is, uh, Billy's head explodes and he blasts shrapnel into an FBI agent's throat. Billy's the face of the Saw series. He's out there pressing the flesh, so to speak, shaking the hands, kissing the babies. He's the one, if you've never seen a Saw movie, you know, you know who Billy is. 
Uh, who else is in there? Well, we got Amanda. You can't forget Amanda. And uh, there's Detective Hoffman, but we don't really understand how he's involved until Saw 4. So, you know who we all forget? You know who gets forgotten, left left in the uh, the scrap heap of time, is that what they say? Uh, Pigface. Poor Pigface. Pigface is the one kidnapping everybody and strapping them into these devices, but is there a Pigface Funko Pop? Actually, is there? Hang on. Let's see here. Nope, nope. Just Billy. Just Billy. Pigface has been there from the very start, but no love for Pigface. <laughs> I guess there isn't one Pigface, actually. There's a rotating cast of Pigfaces. But still, Pigface is an important cog in the saw machine. Hashtag what about Pigface. Let's get that going on social media, all right? Hashtag what about Pigface. I want to see a Pigface Funko pop on the shelves by Christmas. That's my goal. I, I want this. I want this uh, podcast that has maybe five regular listeners <laughs> to get to get a pig fit to get Funko Pop, who by by all by all uh, accounts is is failing uh, spectacularly. Uh, to to go out of their way to uh, to to um, to release a, a, to release at least one, but possibly four. You know, there's always special edition. Funko Pops. Let, let's see one to four versions of a pig face Funko Pop on the shelves for Christmas. Will I buy it? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't want that shit in my house. I got too many Funko Pops as it is. Uh, anyway, I'm not going to sit here and describe the plot to Saw 3. I enjoyed the twists in this one. Uh, the story was pretty interesting. There are a lot of surprises along the way. Uh, am I describing Saw 3 or the Candyland board game? <laughs> surprises along the way. Uh, I guess there were. I will. I will say that the traps or games uh, in this one three are are as dumb as ever. Uh, but there's one trap or game in Saw three that that's maybe the most nauseating thing I've ever seen committed to film. Uh, so like half of the movie is this guy Jeff wandering around in a warehouse, coming to terms with the death of his son. Uh, the kid was killed in a car crash, and Jigsaw and his buddies, uh, including Pigface, have populated this torture warehouse with various uh, with the various people involved. I thought for a while that the twist was going to be that this kid was killed in the car crash that gave Jigsaw his new perspective on life, but I was wrong. Uh, it's it's that isn't the twist. Uh, there are twists, so. Uh, but you, you've got the uh, so the people in this dungeon that uh, this torture chamber. You've got the eyewitness who didn't uh, who didn't say anything. I guess she was questioned by the cops, but she says she didn't see anything. Uh, you know, at the scene of the crime when this little boy got run over. Uh, and then there's the judge who gave the guy driving the car a, uh, a lighter sentence than Jeff thought was necessary. And then, then there's the, the driver, the actual guy who ran this uh, kid's son over. So all, all the traps are pretty gross in this one, but it's the judge's trap that made me want to vomit. Uh, so, so the judge, if I can try to describe this, so, so you two at home can vomit. <laughs> so the judge, he's attached by a strap around his neck to the bottom of this empty vat. He's at the bottom of the vat and he's strapped down. He's lying on his back. Can't, can't move because his neck is strapped down. So next to the vat, there's this machine full of circular saws. It's like a wood chipper. And, uh, you know, Jeff listens to Jigsaw's message. He's, he's always making tapes. Jigsaw is keeping the, uh, the mini cassette recorder uh, industry <laughs> going. Now that he's dead, it's it's sad to see that the mini mini cassette recorder, mini cassette industry, has really fallen off since John Kramer's death. <laughs> anyway, Jeff uh, he listens to the Jigsaw's message, and then and then the the saw machine cranks up, and then out out from this hole in the wall, from like I guess the adjoining room, uh, there are these hooks, these big like uh, meat hooks on a rotating wire and on the hooks are these huge, disgusting, rotting pig carcasses. And as, as the pig carcasses go over the, uh, the, uh, the grinder, the wood chipper, the grinder machine, uh, they drop into the grinder and they're like, you know, obviously grinded up into like this gross, like slurry of grinded up pig. And it, and it pours down into the vat with the judge in it. And I guess eventually he's going to drown in this pig slurry. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? <laughs> It's one of the worst things I have ever seen, and I've sat through six the musical. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I like I like six a lot. The further I get away from it, I have thought, nah, was that really that good? 
Anyway, anyway, it, you know, Six the Musical is more fun than watching pigs get dropped into a grinder. In fact, that should be on the poster for Six. More fun than watching pigs get dropped into a grinder. Jeff, when the judge presiding over your case sentenced your boy's murderer so lightly, your soul never recovered. Now you have the power to sentence his soul straight to hell. Or you can forgive. The key that will free him is hidden inside your son's possessions. Possessions you have clung to for far too long. Now if you flip the switch on the incinerator underneath you, a fire will cleanse you of this obsession and destroy them all, leaving only the key remaining. It is also the key that will bring you closer to the man accountable for taking your child. He doesn't have much time, Jeff. Let the game begin. Please get me out of here, please! Uh, but Saw 3 was fine. It was good, in fact. Uh, and uh, spoiler alert, Jigsaw dies at the end of it. I did say that earlier, but this is the one where we see him die. He's, in fact, he's murdered by Jeff. He gets a he gets a circular saw right to the throat. And uh, Amanda dies too. Again, Jeff's handiwork. He blows her away. Uh, but there you are. At the end of Saw 3, Jigsaw and Amanda are both weighted. They're not coming back. Jigsaw isn't like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. And I know this. Because I immediately watched Saw 4, which also is not that bad. Even though the lesson being taught to our protagonist, uh, Officer Rig, in this one, uh, it, the lesson really didn't have to rely on so much bloodshed, probably. I mean, I think maybe you could play him uh, Simon and Garfunkel's Feeling Groovy. Because that's the lesson. You know, the, the song goes, uh, Slow down, you move too fast. You've got to make the moment last. But Rick is always... <clears throat> but see, Rig is always rushing things. He's, he's running into situations half-cocked. And uh, Jigsaw, I guess, is trying, to, is trying to say, Hey, hey, Officer Rig, calm down a little bit. I, I don't know why Jigsaw cares, but he does. He cares for Officer Rig. Uh, but because Officer Rig is kind of always running into situations, not taking his time... Uh, Donnie Wahlberg ends up uh, getting his head crushed by two huge ice blocks. The other stuff happens in the movie, but that's, that's actually the best part. <laughs> and I like Donnie Wahlberg. It's not like I it's not like I took joy in seeing Donnie Wahlberg uh, get his head smashed in between two huge ice blocks. Uh, I've seen the new Kids on the Block in concert uh, in in recent times, and uh, he's pretty much the master of ceremonies, and he's a delight. He he makes that thing move fast. He makes it fun. He's running around. Uh, he was yelling out us for. Uh, he was he was yelling out, uh, "Put your peace signs up!" And we all threw our peace signs up. So Saw Five, John Kramer done. He's on the uh, he's on the coroner's table. He's getting cut open. We get to, we get to watch that. We get to watch a, a, a an autopsy in real time. A lot of fun. Thanks, Saw. <laughs> uh, but we you know we learn more about uh, John Kramer in flashback more of his life before he was a serial killer or whatever he is. I kind of agree with Amanda at the end of Saw 3. She goes on a rant. Uh, you know, Jeff, uh, the aforementioned Jeff, his test is happening simultaneously with another test, and that's Jigsaw testing Amanda. And, you know, when she finds out... Actually, I think this is right before she finds out this is her test. Amanda basically goes in this rant about how Jigsaw's tests are useless. They don't make anybody appreciate anything, and they don't change anything. And she's kind of right. I'll tell you, she hasn't changed. Because nobody fucking changes. Nobody is reborn. It's all bullshit. It's all a fucking lie. And I'm just a pawn in your stupid game. I don't mean anything to you. all that has got to feel like another kick to John Kramer's balls because every every new thing you learn about this guy's life you go oh yeah <laughs> I get why he turned to a life of weird torture porn crime I mean we already know he has brain cancer and four we find out his wife had a miscarriage after a junkie slammed a door into her stomach and uh, oh guess who was just off camera when that happened if you guessed Amanda you're right 
Oh, and Saw 4 is where we get to know Jigsaw's other accomplice. That's uh, that's Detective Mark Hoffman I mentioned earlier. He's actually my favorite Jigsaw helper. Um, and Saw 5 is Hoffman's time to shine. And honestly, he does a great job. A-plus work at Detective Hoffman. All right, so what do I have left now? I have Saw 6, which, spoiler alert, I've already watched. I got Saw 3D, a.k.a. Saw the Final Chapter, which I'm going to have to rent for some reason. Thanks a lot, Prime. I guess Prime members can't have it all. Uh, then I got Jigsaw Spiral, and then Saw X uh, allegedly came out in theaters last week. Uh, I did not hear a thing about this, uh, but I did. when I did, I went, what? There's a new Saw coming out? And so I watched the trailer for Saw uh, X, and uh, it's a prequel. In Saw 6, John mentions this experimental cancer treatment he's interested in, and I think that's what Saw X is about. Although, by the law of X's, you know, Jason X was in space, so it should be John Kramer in space. <laughs> mm, it's a misstep. It's a misstep to make it a prequel. John, John uh, it, it should be John Kramer in space. Uh, but anyway, I think he goes to Norway in this one where the surgeon's supposed to cure his cancer, but they don't do anything for him. Like, it's all a, it's all a scam. So, uh, you know, he kills him. And uh, I think Amanda is back. Uh, to help him out. Billy's there. Billy was in the trailer riding that tricycle around. I love it. And uh, one can only assume that Pigface is far behind. <laughs> but anyway, friends, that's my Saw update. And that's going to wrap up episode 35 of Giant Electric Penguin. Look, it's officially the Halloween season. And I'm pretty excited, okay? I've got some very special spooky season updates in the hopper, as they say. Why do they say that? What does that even mean? I'm in I'm I'm down in that hopper <laughs> making some last minute tweaks, last minute beeps and boops, uh, to give you the best um, the best content that I can. Anyway, we got some scary stuff on the way. That's what's important. Hopper or no hopper, some scary shit is coming down the, the pipe. Uh, if you have any scary stories, you, the listener, you know, like real-life encounters with ghosts, run-ins with Bigfoot, alien abductions, or any wholesome Halloween memories you want to share, let me know at giantpengipodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear about your experiences, and I'd love to read your emails on the show. You can also follow us on Instagram. That's at giantpengipodcast. Lots of fun shenanigans going on over there. Uh, let's see. This this uh, JCC thing is coming in 2024. I hope it's successful. Uh, I've heard your cries, and I, I, I'm here to assure you, Glenn, popular guest Glenn, uh, the Quest for Legends on Instagram, uh, he will be back on the show. We've been in talks. I'll bring him back. Uh, as well as some other guests. There's a lot of things in the works. So much. So make sure you don't miss a single episode, okay? I can't stress that enough. Anyway, this was Giant Electric Penguin. I was Matt. And as always... Thank you for listening to podcasts.